Have you guys ever heard the term, life is a rat race? Let me ask you something else. Do you believe your life is a rat race? Be honest. Because think about it for just a minute. We wake up in the morning, right? The alarm goes off and we're off to the races. Yeah. It's one thing after another. Go drop off the kids. Make sure to get uh, to work on time. I've got to pick up the cleaners. I've got to pick up the kids. Uh, kids, I've got to pick, take them to practice. La, 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 la. It's just a race. And I add the word rat because literally we're like rats chasing cheese. Trying to get to the cheese as fast and as soon as we can. And see, that cheese in front of our lives that we're racing to, for all of us, is something different. We want pleasure. We want money. We want a higher social status. We want all the toys. Chasing, chasing, chasing that cheese. And no matter how close we get to it, it seems to get further and further and further away. And so our lives is just a race, continuous race. Chasing something that we believe will give us satisfaction, pleasure, security. I've lived that race. I remember 13 years ago, sitting at our house. My wife and I were successful. We had the businesses. We had the cars. We had the nice home. We had the... The, the, the just to be, be able to get up and go, we were able to go anywhere we wanted to in a drop of a dime. We had it, quote, unquote, all. And a Saturday night at a party that we were hosting, we usually did host parties Saturday night. I was sitting next to another friend of mine who too was successful. And I asked him, are you happy? Are you satisfied? And he looked at me saying, of course. And he, and he looked around and pointed around and said, aren't you? I, I didn't answer him. But I thought to myself, I'm not. What is it? I've been trying to live the worldly formula, right? The one that says work hard, make all the money, enjoy life. And that equals pleasure. That equals satisfaction. That equals you fill in the blank. So I thought to myself, what am I doing wrong? Where did I mess up on this formula? I've worked hard. I have the money. I'm enjoying life. But yet, I have nothing to show for it. I am willing to bet, church, that some of you sitting here or watching at home are running that race, living that formula, and yet wonder why at the end of your week, the end of your month, at the end of your life, you are not satisfied. Today we continue our series on the book of Ecclesiastes. So you have your Bibles with you. Please open them up to Ecclesiastes chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 11. Let me just give us a quick um, catch-up, if you may, of what we started last week, this series that we've called Be Content. And so last week we saw that the author of this book, a wisdom book, is Solomon. Now, he doesn't go out and say, hey, I'm Solomon. He kind of gives us hints. 
he identifies himself as the preacher, son of David, king of Jerusalem. So that leads us to believe that he, the one who wrote this, was Solomon. Now, just a quick background on this guy, Solomon, for those of you that don't know. Solomon was considered to be the wisest man, the most powerful man, the most richest man that ever walked this earth. We read that God comes before Solomon in a dream and says, hey, you can have anything you want, dude. Just ask for it. And Solomon says, I want discernment above anything else. And God said, because you chose discernment, I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you money. I'm going to give you wisdom. And apparently he also gave him women. A thousand to be exact. We saw that last week. So he had it all. All that we believe would bring satisfaction. And two of the things we're going to see often in this book of Ecclesiastes, we're going to hear these words. All is vanity and under the sun. What does Solomon mean? He's saying this, that in this earthly perspective, under the sun, here on earth, everything is meaningless, vanity. So our prayer, as I mentioned last week, as we go through this series, is that we change our perspective, that we change our purpose in life. Because if we're pursuing things from this earth that we believe will give us satisfaction, it is just meaningless. So we need to change our perspective and look to the things above that Paul says, that gives us meaning. So let's jump in. Verse 1, chapter 2. Ecclesiastes. And Solomon begins in this manner. I said in my heart. Observation. Apparently the richest, wisest, most powerful man spoke to himself. That's a good thing. Because if you speak to yourself, it's biblical. So relax. It's good. He says, I said in my heart, come now. I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself, he says. But behold, this also was vanity. Let's see if you were paying attention last week and if you had your Bibles, maybe you took a note. How do you pronounce this word vanity in Hebrew? Habel. Habel. That's why you should bring your Bibles, write little notes. Habel. And what does it mean? What is it? It signifies vapor. It's meaningless. It's worthless. So right off the bat, Solomon says, I tried this experiment. I went and ran this rat race to see what it's all about. And he gives us the verdict right there. And behold, this seeking after pleasure, it was also vanity, meaningless, vapor. He goes on in verse 2. I said of laughter, it is mad. And of pleasure, what use is it? And in this experiment, in this pursuit, in this rat race, he said, you know what? I tried it out, and you know what I figured out? That it was crazy, it was mad, it was like laughter. I felt good for a little bit, just like when you do when you laugh, but that goes away. It is not worth it, he said. What use is it? Nothing. All is vanity. I love the way the interpretation of the Bible, the message reads. This is how it reads. It says this. I said to myself, let's go for it. Experiment with pleasure. Have a good time. But there was nothing to it. Nothing but smoke. 
What do I think of the fun-filled life? It's insane. My verdict on the pursuit of happiness, who needs it? That's what his conclusion was after trying this experiment. Now he's going to go on and tell us what his experiment consisted of. Three categories. Three things that he pursued. Three things that I believe all of us pursue in that pursuit of satisfaction. So he's going to show us that he tried enjoyment, he tried possessions, and he tried wealth. Three categories. Enjoyment, pleasure if you may, possessions, grabbing as many toys as you can, and then of course, money, wealth. So let's look at each category specifically as we see in God's word. First, he goes out and tries enjoyment. Tries to have the good life. And what does he do for enjoyment? He has a little bit of wine. He calls some buddies up and say, hey, se va a hacer, no se va a hacer la carnita asada. That's what he's trying to do. And this is what he says. Verse 3. I search with my heart how to cheer my body with wine. Why not? My heart's still guiding me with wisdom and how to lay hold on folly till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days of their life. So he says, let me check out this pleasure trip. And notice he says, he wasn't out to get drunk. No, he says, I was still guided with wisdom. I just wanted to check out what all the fuss was about. What was this thing of having a good time and he realized it's not worth it because of the little time we have here on earth it's really no big thing it's all vanity so he quickly he moves on to another category and he tries out possessions let me see how many things I can get see if that makes me happy verse 4 he says this I made great works I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forests of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I had also great possessions of herds and flocks more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. He had it all. But notice one thing. Who was he obtaining all these things for? For himself. I made great works. I made for myself pools. I made houses. I made all these things for me, selfish, seeking my pleasure. He spent no expense. He went all out. Remember, he's the richest man that ever lived. You want to see what kind of houses he had and gardens and pools. Read for yourself 1 Kings chapter 7. Unbelievable. He tried possessions. Spent all the money. And that's our next category. Wealth. So experiment with wealth. Let's see if this will give me satisfaction. Let's see what happens. Verse 8. I also gathered for who? Myself, silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men, women, and many concubines. Now apparently that word many in Hebrew means 300. 
because that's how many concubines he had. Many concubines, the delight of the sons of man. Remember, this guy was probably worth $2.2 trillion in today's economy. That's a lot of money. And he said, I got it all. I went for it all. Everything that anyone could ever want, I had it. And now he's going to tell us what came out of all this, of his hard work. Verse 9, this is it. And because I worked so hard and got everything I wanted, I became great. Not bad. And surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me. And whatever, whatever I wanted, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure. For my heart found pleasure in all my work and all my toil. And this was my reward for all my hard work. I had it all. I ran the race. I got greatness. I got pleasure. Money. Everything that anybody could ever want, I got it, he says. He says, that cheese that all of us are running after, I got it. I grabbed it. This is it. I finished. Victory. But he goes on. He tells us what that cheese was really all about. Verse 11. Then I considered, I stepped back, I looked back at all that my hands had done and the toil, the work, the pursuit of everything that I did. I had explained in doing it. I expanded in doing it. And behold, all was, what? Vanity, habel, vapor, meaningless, and a striving after the wind. And there was nothing, nothing to be gained. Where? Under the sun. Solomon looks back and says, I did it. I became great. I have all this stuff, all these things, all these possessions, all this money. I reached my goal in life. And it was meaningless. A waste of time. What for? Running this race. Was chasing the wind. Obtaining nothing. This book was written about 450 B.C., approximately 400 years later, a man ran a different race, a man named Jesus. See, Jesus stepped out of heaven and ran a race, but his race was totally different. His perspective was totally different. His purpose was totally different than yours and mine and Solomon's. See, his race, as we just saw, Solomon's race, our race, is selfish. It's selfish gain. We want our pleasure. We want our possessions. We want everything. Look with me again what he says. I gathered for myself. I made great works, I made for myself pools, I made houses and gardens, and ultimately what we're all looking for, let's be honest, I became great. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that what we're all pursuing? But see, Jesus, Jesus ran the race totally different. Picture this, church, just for a minute. The creator of the universe, having everything... Stepped out of heaven 
took on human form, Jesus Christ, and lived a life where he had nothing. We are told he didn't have a pillow to lay his head. And he ran a race, his mission to come to earth, giving everything up. He humbled himself, selfless. That's why Paul writes in Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8, have this in mind among yourself. Think about this church is what he's saying, which is, is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, giving it all away by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the cross, to the point of death, I'm sorry, even death on a cross. He ran the race straight to the cross and he did it with joy, giving everything else joyfully. Gave everything up so that you and I, when we trust in his sacrifice, gain everything. I love what the author of Hebrews 12 writes this, verse 1, therefore he says, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Church. We are called to run a race. But our race is to be towards Jesus, not to these things of the world. Running with endurance, not giving up, letting go of our sin, being selfless. Now hear me. There is nothing, <clears throat> nothing wrong with having pleasures in this earth. There is nothing wrong with having wealth or possessions. What I want you to think for yourself now is what is your motivation behind having these things? What is it that you're seeking behind these things? Because if your motivation, if your purpose is under the sun, in an earthly matter. If you're chasing things of this earth, it is meaningless. But if your motivation is chasing after Christ, that has all the meaning. As I sat there 12 years ago and my friend said, of course, look around. I thought to myself, why am I not happy? Now I know why. I was chasing the wrong things. Now I understand what it is to be satisfied. What it means to be overflowing with just this greatness. Listen, church. Listen, guys, gentlemen. Don't live your life with regrets. I have plenty of them. 
Now, I'm talking to you guys because men mostly are chasing after that thing, possessions, wealth, enjoyment, because we believe that will bring us security. We believe it's worth it. We really bought into the lie that that's the cheese we want. Change your perspective, gentlemen. Why? Because when you change your perspective, the family changes the perspective. Spend some more time at home. Spend some more time with your children. That's eternal. That has meaning. Don't have regrets as I did. That's what Solomon is telling you and telling me. Chase after him. I want us to talk to ourselves, kind of like Solomon did. Again, it's biblical. I want us to read out loud these verses that I have behind me that I'll show you in a little bit. In a little bit. And I've made it first person so that you can identify these promises. But I don't just want us to read them. I want us to live them. I want us to believe them. So let's read these out loud. Psalm 37, 4. Will you read it out loud with me? What does it say? Do you believe that? Live it. Delight yourselves in the Lord. And he will give you the true desires of your heart. Eternal desires. Satisfaction that you would never imagine. I love Jesus' promise in Matthew 6.33. Will you read that with me out loud? If you step into my office, I have that verse as a reminder to myself. The context in chapter 6, Jesus saying, do not worry, do not be anxious, chill, man. Look at the birds. My Father in heaven gives them everything they need. How much more would he not give you? Relax, I got it. I will give you everything you need. Seek after me and you will see. Last verse, a promise that Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6.17. Read this out loud with me. We do that, church, you will see pleasures that will knock your socks off. You will find satisfaction, security, and everything that we've been chasing after in the wrong direction. See, pleasure is temporary. Possessions are temporary. Wealth is temporary. But Christ is eternal. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for who you are, the giver of all things. Father, if we're honest, if I'm honest, I still fall away from pursuing you and only you. This world that we live in is it's just bombarding us with other things that we need to have now, bigger, better, faster. Father, help me, help us, your church family, run a different race. Pursue with endurance your son, Jesus Christ. Because he is everything and will continue to be. Father, my prayer always, if someone listening to my voice today has not 
received your son as their Lord and Savior, that they do so. Will you open their hearts? Holy Spirit, regenerate them so they can understand the true meaning of fulfillment, of rest, of satisfaction. And Father, for those of us that have done that, let us pursue things not under the sun, but pursue things that are eternal. Being selfless, giving all we have just like your son did for us. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. As always, church, really do love you. God bless you. Thank you, God.